When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, which as always is brought to you by our sponsor, theinfluencealliance.com, which is the business building community, as well as the podcast launch and growth community for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business while make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says that every relationship on LinkedIn begins with that first connection request. It's up to you to start the conversation in a way that gets them to say, heck yes, let's continue this relationship. Now, joining me on today's show is Mindy Rosser. Mindy, she helps B2B business owners and thought leaders and subject matter experts to have great conversations on LinkedIn with their audience and prospects and peers, which is based on trust, authenticity and consistency. Now, on today's show, we're going to dive deep and so lots to cover today, particularly actionable techniques to help you optimize your profile, build a strategic network, which will lead to more business opportunities. Whether you're a complete novice or you've been on LinkedIn a while, you're going to take away some golden nuggets from today's conversation. She's also going to share about how to go about posting content along with some strategies that actually do work. So stick around if you want to hear what they are, as well as a breakdown uh, or breaking down the LinkedIn format, what to avoid, where to put your focus so that you can find your opportunities or business partnerships and collaborations without being salesy or spammy, which we do not like. So welcome to the show, Mindy. So excited to be here, Anne-Marie. This is such an important topic because I know many more people are now coming across to LinkedIn. You've probably been on LinkedIn for quite some time, passionate about that platform. I used to be in the career industry many decades ago. And back then, every job seeker, we said you need to, or executive and professional and graduate, you need to be on LinkedIn. But a lot more businesses now are coming across. So we're going to dive into that. Let's start off by talking about, and this is, I'm going to take, Uh, one of your quotes, and I love this, build a better LinkedIn network, just not a bigger LinkedIn network. So better versus bigger. What is it about us that we love our vanity numbers? I know, right? I think when it comes to LinkedIn, it's so different from other channels. A lot of other channels, you actually do need a bigger network. And so people are focused on those numbers and it does work. Like getting a bigger network is usually a good thing. But when it comes to LinkedIn, it's different. It's a very different platform. You're thinking one-to-one. You're thinking, okay, the people that are actually in my network should actually want to be connected with me. It's a little bit more strategic. And so when people get obsessed with the bigger numbers, it's like, well, eh, bigger can be better, but not if they're the wrong people. So it's really about being strategic and 
focused on the right people and not just how many people can I get into my network. And it used to be a thing, like there were the lions, the LinkedIn and open networkers, and that used to be a thing for a while. And now it is not such a thing. And you really want to be thoughtful about who's inside your network. Yes, because when you think about numbers and similarly to the connections on LinkedIn and I and, and share a little bit about this too, I know that in other platforms, the higher number of connections you have, one of the things the algorithm looks at is if you're sharing content and a proportion of your network is not engaging with it, the algorithm will assume that the content you're not you're sharing is not valuable. Is that the same with LinkedIn? It is the same with LinkedIn. So a lot of people that do have these really big networks, if you actually looked at their numbers or they maybe have like 100,000 followers or 10,000 followers and you look at their engagement rates, a lot of times they are very, very low. So yes, they may have a lot of followers, but if people are not engaging with their content, the problem those folks are going to face is LinkedIn is going to kind of bump down their content in the algorithm. So people that have smaller networks, but they are highly engaged and people are actually commenting on their things, their stuff will actually pop up higher in the LinkedIn newsfeed. So keeping that in mind, like a smaller network, if people are engaged is not a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things we're going to talk about now is the profile. And before we do, just confirm for us this too, and I've noticed it myself and and I'm sure you can share a little bit more into it. The people who are on LinkedIn versus, say, other platforms, there's a difference, isn't there? Because uh, they are business owners, they're professionals, they've got a, a higher bracket, I think, of income. They are there to network and also to do business. So to look for opportunities, to invest, they're looking for someone um, to, to support them in their team. So it's a different psyche of people who are on LinkedIn. Share a little bit more about this. Yeah, it's different on LinkedIn than other channels. I think one of the ways I like to describe it is when we come to LinkedIn, it's like we're putting our work hat on. So we're in our professional modes. So we may be the same person on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, but we're coming there with a different mindset. And when we go to Facebook and Instagram, it's a different vibe. Like we're looking to be entertained, maybe inspired, but it's not really where we go to put our like serious networking professional hat on. And so when we go to LinkedIn, it really is about doing business and people expect you to be much more professional. So if you have a very lighthearted Instagram, I've seen people try to pull that same vibe into LinkedIn. It doesn't work so well. You may get a little bit of engagement, but people on LinkedIn are gonna go, that's just a little too casual. You need to think professional. You need to think, okay, we are here to do business. We want to do business with each other. And it's a better place to network too, because people are coming there with that intention versus on Instagram where you're trying to cut through the noise, I think in the DMs and people just want to have fun conversations. So advantages, there's pros and cons to that. But I think that's the beauty of LinkedIn. Yeah, me too. I have to agree. Let's talk about some actionable techniques that you see can make a huge difference if you make them to your profile. What are some of those things? Yeah, I think when it comes to your LinkedIn profile, the first thing you're going to want to pay attention to besides your picture, your picture is huge. It's very important that your picture is somewhat current and that um, when people see it and then they see you like on a Zoom or on a live, like, okay, you kind of look like the same person. Um, so that's something to pay attention to. But next to that, it's going to be your headline. So your LinkedIn headline follows you everywhere on LinkedIn. So if it is not aligned with what you're doing now, if it feels like ah, it feels kind of generic, a lot of people will just kind of put their job title and their company in that headline area because they don't know what to put. Uh, you really want to be thoughtful. Your headline is actually kind of like your tagline. So if you think of it as more of like, oh, this is kind of like my elevator pitch. So the four things that you're going to want to have in there, so it's who you are, whom you help, 
how you help them, and then the results that you generate. So those are the four things. And if you can fit all of those into your headline, you're going to be doing wonders. Um, it's going to help you from a search perspective, especially if you have the right keywords and you're calling out your target audience. So calling them out there. So instead of saying, um, I work with large companies, you would say, I work with tech organizations. Um, you know, so it's just like being a little bit more specific um, in that area. And then also you want to make sure you have a little bit of like, I call it your secret sauce, like make sure it feels kind of a little bit fun or a little bit personalized. Don't just stuff it with keywords for the sake of stuffing it. So you pop up in search. You really want people to read that headline and go, Oh, I know what you do. I, you are the perfect person to help me. You understand my problem because if you don't hook them, basically you're thinking of your headline as your hook. If you don't hook them, they're not even going to look at your profile. They're not going to click over. They're not going to pay attention. So if you look like everyone else or it's just confusing, um, then people aren't going to pay attention and you don't want to get too clever. So that's one thing to think about with your headline. It becomes ambiguous, doesn't it? It's like, what? It does. Um, totally. And would you say, I mean, if people are wanting to find an example of that, I mean, go and check out Mindy's. She obviously will be doing everything that she is um, recommending on today's show. But typically, do they know the behaviour of someone? If someone then has gone and read your headline think, oh, this is good, is the next place they go to the summary section or do they look at the experience? What typically? do people do? That's a good question. And I think everybody's a little bit different. So it really does depend. Um, most people are going to scroll down to the about section, uh, depending on if you have LinkedIn creator mode turned on or off. Uh, if you have creator mode turned on, they may not see the about section first. They may see all of that content at the top of your profile and then see your about. If you have it turned off, they're probably going to see your about section first. Uh, so kind of keep that in mind. If you're a content creator, it's definitely worth turning LinkedIn creator mode on. So your content is showing at the top of your profile. Uh, so your about section is really important, though, especially for those people who want to get to know you and they want to read your story. Uh, so I, I, I see uh, there's kind of people on different ends of the spectrum with the about. Some people are like, ah, oh, it doesn't really matter. Nobody ever reads it. But the people who are serious, the people who actually want to know what you do and like do their homework, they do read it. So it is really important that you are thoughtful and you don't just skip over it. A lot of people will just you know, kind of like, eh, I'll just put my like resume here, my executive summary from my resume, or just grab my about page from my website and throw it here, or my company description. Uh, people are going to see right through that on LinkedIn. A well-written about should be written in the first person, and it should be about you. It should be about your professional story, and then also about how you help people solve like their most pressing problem. So you're thinking about writing it from the perspective of the target audience you want to target on LinkedIn, which may be different than other channels, but just think about the, the people that you really want to reach and speak to them. Yeah. I love the way that you're confirming that because if someone reads that, they should really get a clear understanding of who you are, what you do, how you can support them. However, in that first person, I remember years ago in the career industry, there were discussions, debates, if you will, about whether it should be first person or third person. And I remember being on a judging committee at one stage for resumes, and then we reviewed LinkedIn profiles. And I have to say that it wasn't till I started reading them that those in third person didn't make me feel connected to them. 
But those in first person, I felt that I knew them if they were well written. And I think that really is really important, isn't it? It's as if you are sharing a little bit about yourself to someone who's reading it. And it's interesting that you should say that people often will assume that no one's going to read that. Isn't it true? And and uh, I don't know if this is still true, but I'm assuming it is because it's something that I do. If we go to a website, one of the first places we go to is the about because we want to find out a little bit more about who is running that organization or who's on the team, that kind of thing. Similarly, on LinkedIn, if we see this great headline, this great photo, we want to know a little bit more about that person, don't we? So it's something that I think is just natural behavior. We want to know a little bit more, um, yeah. make that stand out and connect and in first person. So, And by the way, if people are thinking, what's first person and third person? Third person is when you you would give your name, like Mindy is a so-and-so and so, and if first person would be I, you know, so-and-so. But make sure there's so many, you know, not so many I's because there's different yeah. ways of writing it. Again, go and check out Mindy's profile. I'm sure there's lots of great examples there. All right, so we've gotten through um, the, you know, compelling headline. It's a great hook. Uh, we've got a great about section, the summary, and it does all of those wonderful things. Let's talk about content because, as you said, if if many of my listeners I know are solo or they've got a small team, but they're coaches and consultants, so they're very much experts in their field, you know, trusted authorities. And as a trusted authority or an aspiring trusted authority, sharing valuable content is something that we should be doing to build that thought leadership what are some things that you can share around content? Yeah, I think from that perspective too, and just thinking as an expert, um, it is critical that you are sharing content. You already probably know this. You're probably already creating plenty of it, um, but it is really important that you're sharing it on LinkedIn as well. A lot of people overlook it. Um, I think there's a lot of fear and worry about, oh, I don't know. I know how to post on other channels, but I don't know how to post on LinkedIn. And so there's a little bit of hesitancy to post. Or some people on the other end of the spectrum will just like take exactly what they post on like Facebook or Instagram or TikTok and post it on LinkedIn, which is a big no-no as well. So there's there's a little bit of nuance, I think, to LinkedIn. But just I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is if you are posting content elsewhere, you can post content to LinkedIn. Like you can post similar pieces of content. If it feels a little too, I would say, casual, then you might want to like professionalize it a little bit uh, is kind of how I would say it. Or just play with the verbiage. Um, so sometimes just some subtle tweaks to language, maybe not using as many emojis. These types of things are ways that you can kind of take what you've written elsewhere and also post it to LinkedIn. LinkedIn content, what works really, really well right now is pay attention to LinkedIn creator mode. Like LinkedIn loves creator mode. So if you turn creator mode on, if you're creating content, you should turn it on as long as your network is not too small. And when I'm saying too small, I mean under 500. So if you're still trying to work to get to that 500 plus number, leave it off for a little bit until you get to that number and then turn it on. Because what you're going to get when you turn it on is the LinkedIn newsletter feature and then also LinkedIn Live. And it may take you a little time. LinkedIn kind of approves those and kind of gives them out every few weeks, every few months. So just kind of be on the lookout for when you get access to those features. Uh, but the live stream feature, like what you're watching now, that is huge on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn loves it. It puts it at the top of people's news feeds. It's very engaging. It's a 
fantastic form of content on LinkedIn right now. And then the newsletter feature. So if you are sharing articles, like long form articles, I used to say, don't share them on LinkedIn because you should share short posts. They worked better for so many years. And now that's not the case. Because of the newsletter feature, LinkedIn is trying to push people towards using more long form content. And I think they're trying to kind of shy away from all that, like I call it the Twitter pithy content. It's like the bros all talking and sharing like really clever one-liners. They're trying to get people to think more professionally and really share their best content. And they're try they want LinkedIn to be the go-to platform for professional content. So as a contributor, as a creator, um, you can be a part of that and use those features. So the LinkedIn newsletter feature will actually you can, when you set it up initially, you can invite all of your connections to subscribe and then they will get notified like in their notifications yes. every single time you publish. Same with live. When you go live, it will show up in those notifications and on your profile. If people are visiting your profile while you're live, they will see it there as well. So those are two features that I say are the best. Um, if you have content and you want to republish or share that content on LinkedIn, those are where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. Though it's also yeah. good to post in the feed too. Yeah, look, absolutely. One of the things that I find too is that, you know, engagement we know is is really um, Im important, but I have found, and this is what other people have said too, is that you'll get certain a level of engagement sometimes even after the fact, because that's the beauty of um, LinkedIn. And people can, if they suddenly come across your profile and you've got some great content, they will continue to, to stay there. That's what I do too. You almost binge watch or binge listen yeah. or binge review. But what I find as well is that people will, the behavior on LinkedIn, they may not engage with your content, but they're in your DMs. I think I need to talk. They send you a message. And that what is what happens too. So in, in some instances, yes, engagement is great to get your content out to more people, but don't be disheartened if they're not, because you'll probably find if you've got good content and it's for your ideal client and valuable, they will most likely bypass the engagement and go straight to your DMs, won't they? is a fantastic point. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people, I was just having a conversation with a client today, like, oh, my views are kind of low. It's like, well, you know what? What you have to pay attention to is look at your DMs. They're blowing up and you're getting all of these responses. A lot of people do not feel comfortable commenting publicly because it is attached to their name. And especially if you are talking about a topic that maybe is not aligned with their area of expertise or what they want to be known for. Like they may be curious about that topic. Maybe you can help them. And a lot of times we have to remember that the content we're posting is probably a weakness of our potential prospects and clients. So are they going to want to share that that is a weakness for them or ask a question that they are not sure of? Is it going to sound silly? You know, they may not want to tip the hat there. So what they're going to do is they are going to send you a DM and say, hey, that was fantastic. Like, can we keep this conversation going? So the beauty of LinkedIn is not the, just the megaphone effect of let's publish content here. Let's become the biggest thought leader and get the most followers. It's really, I call it the magic is in the DMs. So you are going to have those back and forth conversations. And if you're on LinkedIn, you're thinking, oh, I just want to post, you know, well, you are not going to get the results of the people that actually use LinkedIn for what it's intended for, which is there's always that content side. You should be sharing content. Uh, most people, at least there are some people that 
it's not such a fit, but experts, if you're an expert, you should be sharing content, but you also need to have a really healthy LinkedIn messaging inbox where there's a lot of activity going. There's a lot of back and forth. And if it is feeling kind of dead in there, then there's something that's not quite right. You're either not doing enough outreach. Your content really isn't resonating. Maybe you haven't found your target prospects yet, and you're still trying to figure that out. Um, But you do want to make sure that when you go in there, like each day, there are some messages or at least every week, there are some messages, some back and forth happening there. Yeah, so important. That leads us to uh, the connection request because to grow your connections on LinkedIn, often it is going out and seeking those wonderful opportunities. What are some do not do these, avoid these connection requests or the way in which these people uh, request a connection? What are some things we need to look out for? Yeah, I think some of the do not do's, um, never send a blank connection invitation um, unless you actually just had a real conversation with that person or they know who you are. Because if you just send a blank one, it's like, come on, you didn't even take the time to write me a quick little note. So that's a really big no-no. And some people don't understand that on LinkedIn if they're accustomed to other channels. Could you just go follow people? You don't write something along with it. On LinkedIn, it's expected that you do write a personalized connection if you don't know the person. Uh, so that's the big, that's one of the biggies. Another biggie is don't sales pitch. And I know like sometimes it's really easy to do that or we come across like a really clever template and it's like pitching to go to my website and hop on a discovery call with me, or I have this service. And you can tell that they're using like fill in the blank names and fill in the blank company fields. And so if people can tell that it's like fill in the blank templates, then they're going to just ignore it because we've gotten so many of those in recent days that you're just going to be kind of disregarded. So the key with a good connection invitation is you really want to focus on personalizing as much as possible. And sometimes that personalization doesn't mean you have to go read their entire profile, spend 10 minutes like looking them up and Googling them. It's really just like if you notice that they posted a piece of content or maybe there's like there a certain focus that they have, you're like, oh, cool. You're in the same space. Or it could be that you're, you share one of the things that's working really well on LinkedIn is that you share a common community or you can see that they're a part of an affiliate or organization that you're familiar with, or they like the same type of thought leaders or um, some people in your space. So those are good ways to connect with people where you don't really have to do a ton of research. I think sometimes we feel like, oh, I have to personalize this. I have to make this as personal as possible. Like you don't want to be creepy. I've seen people overdo it and like start digging on Instagram and look up like some old photo and reference that photo. And you're like, no, 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 not like that. Not that personal, like keep it professional, but just kind of reference something if possible. Or you want to make sure that you say something along the lines of like, there's a synergy, there's got to be some obvious reason why they're going to say, oh yeah, of course I'd like to connect with you. You don't want them to think too hard. And I think that's the key. Like if you're, if you're making them think like, okay, are you going to pitch me? Are you a salesperson? Like, why are you reaching out to me? I don't see the connection here. You've already lost them. So you want them to just kind of have an immediate reaction. Like, of course I'll connect with you. Brilliant. And, you know, one of the things, and I know you're going to talk about um, breaking down the LinkedIn format, what to avoid and where to put our focus. So love that you're going to share that. Uh, So someone's just connected and how often then it just remains a connection, nothing actually happens 
from there. So let's then segue into this next um, piece that you want to share around the format. You also mentioned too that, yes, we should be sharing content and we should be spending, and I've also heard, and I love your thoughts on this, we should be spending more time in the DMs, in the connections, having conversations with people there, getting off that platform, having a Zoom chat, because you just never know where that relationship may lead. So speak a little bit more about, you know, the format, um, where to put our focus so that we don't just have these wonderful connections that just sit there doing nothing. Yeah, I think it's it's funny to think of like LinkedIn connections. I feel like some people just like to collect them yeah. or like they collect them and they're not sure what to do with them. <laughs> it's like I have all these great connections. I've talked to a lot of people saying I wish I just knew how to kind of deepen my relationships with my connections because I'm connected to some really good people, but I didn't know where to take the conversation next or I, you know, maybe it's been a few years and I feel awkward. Um, So I think the key with getting connected with people, if you're, if you have a lot of connections already that you're connected to and you want to kind of spark conversation, you're going to have to do a little bit of homework to kind of see where the conversation left off. Maybe identify like your top prospects or collaborators or people that you're really focused on and saying, oh yeah, this is where my business is headed right now, these would be good people to spark conversations with. I find that a lot of times in our networks, we tend to collect a lot of like people in the same space, good collaborators. Sometimes people are starting podcasts or shows and we connected some years back and it's really good to touch base. Um, So I would reach out to those types of people, like think about, you know, what's your focus? Are you trying to do lead generation, trying to collaborate? You trying to get on shows or guesting? You know, what does that look like for you? And then look in your network and see who's already there. Who can you already start conversations with? I think moving forward though, like as you are starting to get connected to new people, you want to think about how you continue the conversation rather than just connecting like, okay, this is great. Sometimes it's better to just let the connection die. You're like, yeah, there's not really anything here. Great. We're connected. If something comes along down the road, that's fine. Um, But for people that are, you know, top of mind for you or could be good prospects or collaborators, referral partners, those types, you definitely want to keep them talking. So how can you keep them talking without, you know, being irritating? Uh, You don't want to be that person that's always like DMing or picking their brain for free or any of that type of stuff. But I think the key is if you feel like they're going to be a good fit or you want to have a conversation, I would suggest it sooner rather than later. I would try to hop on like a 15 minute. If you are, if you're good with calls, I would hop on a 15 minute call just to kind of get to know each other, but make sure it feels intentional and that they understand what the outcome is. You understand what the outcome is and that it doesn't feel like a waste of time. Cause I have found that a lot of people are really kind of hesitant to hand out their calendars on LinkedIn if they feel like you're going to pitch them. So make sure like there's an outcome that doesn't feel salesy. That's more yeah, of a kind of get to know such you. Such a great point. Such a great point. You know, and one of the things, and this is very different, um, whether you call it a, a, a strategy, it is really a strategy, very different strategy than, say, uh, on other platforms like Facebook or, or LinkedIn. It is more personalized, yet, and I'm sure you would agree with the with the work that you do and the, the results that your clients and what you've seen too, it is different and it's deeper in that the relationships that are built, and it may take a little bit of time, but the opportunities could be tens of thousands of dollars you know, versus if you look at some of the other models that they may have Facebook and you might get them to a webinar and from a webinar, you know, there's a certain percentage that buy and, and so on and so forth, which you could be doing is in your strategy. That's fine. But LinkedIn is quite different. And if I look at the, the relationships that I have built, not only have they become clients, but they're also referral partners and we're DMing and introducing that way. But it's very intentional. You know, if I'm somewhere and I can see, or when I say somewhere, 
where I'm online, I'm networking or we're part of a, a group, I will find them on LinkedIn, connect with them and then suggest, let's get off, let's have a Zoom chat, find out a bit about each other's businesses. I've got a document now that I create because I tell you, I don't know, maybe it's just my age I, and my connections, I've, I can often forget. But it's a great way to remind, who do I know? A couple of keywords. So if someone says to me, do you know someone who's in LinkedIn and can help me set up a pro? you got to speak to Mindy. Or, yeah. or now that we have this live stream, I've got that to link to. How can you build relationships and refer to one another and, and share? That's what it's all about. And, yes, it may take some more time to develop, but it's those relationships that are longstanding, isn't it? Would you agree with that, with the relationships you see being built? I would wholeheartedly agree. And I have noticed that the people that are the most successful on LinkedIn kind of have that long-term mindset versus that short-term mindset of, I'm just going to pump money into Facebook ads and hope that I make, you know, a return on my ad spend, like two to three times return on ad spend. It's different on LinkedIn. You are investing in relationships. You're investing in the long-term and it will come back, but it takes a lot more time, um, but it is more sustainable. So I kind of view LinkedIn as a much more sustainable platform. It's more organic. It's, I don't really do a ton with LinkedIn ads. I think for large companies, those can be good, but on LinkedIn, it really is about those relationships and nurturing them and building them and being the person who knows someone that does fill in the blank. Like I feel like those connectors, if you are a connector, that is going to be like your superpower on LinkedIn because once you can connect other people, you're going to be seen as that go-to person. And that's just going to be, it's, it's a win-win for everyone. And so being a connector on LinkedIn is huge. Yeah. What I love about that too, and, you know, so often uh, I hear, yeah, but I'm an introvert. Well, I know I've said this many times, I'm an extroverted introvert, put a microphone in front of me and I'm fine. But I love the networking opportunities on LinkedIn because it is that one-on-one you know, yes. so the people are saying, well, I'm not an extrovert. It doesn't matter. You have deeper relationships and those relationships are key. I mean, those are the kind of relationships that people are trying to build across the other platforms, aren't they? In the DMs and stuff. But it, and it's kind of like that just, just happens organically through LinkedIn if you're a nice person and, yes. you know, you add with value and there's always reciprocity there, you know, and what can I give you? Uh, that kind of thing. That just happens. That's just what the LinkedIn platform is. It is. And I think it's sometimes people just don't understand the value of that or how it works. And I think especially if you're just getting started, it can feel a little awkward to kind of learn the ropes and kind of like, oh, what can I say on LinkedIn? How is this different from Instagram? How is this different from Facebook or other channels? But just give yourself time and be patient. And just I think I love what you said about just kind of be a real good person. Like if you're just good human, you'll do great on LinkedIn. It doesn't, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have yeah. to hack the algorithm and just no. be a good human. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, uh, deliver what you say. I mean, I had, I've had clients over the years that have thanked me and I'm, what do you mean? What are you thanking me for? That's what you've hired me to do. And they say, you'd be surprised at the amount of people that promise the world, but uh, give anything less. And you kind of think in that way, just be a nice person, be a good person. And uh, yeah, deliver what you say you're going to deliver. And that's how you build your connections and, and your business. Look, I know that we have just scratched the surface. I mean, there's 
there's exciting things that LinkedIn is adding. I mean, you've spoken about LinkedIn Live, which of course is just one of the platforms we're actually streaming across multiple different platforms. StreamYard allows you to do that. But one of the things that I'm really excited about, haven't quite dived into the newsletter yet. Um, I may, but I'm just waiting to see how we can best leverage uh, and integrate mm -hmm. that. But one of the things I'm excited about, Mindy, is the audio rooms. Have you gotten that audio? Have you gotten access I to that? I have not. Well, I have not tested it yet. So oh. I have popped into a number of them, like my friends. We're, we're all kind of like popping into each other's. Um, I think it's fantastic. It's very much like Clubhouse. And I think it's just, it has this different vibe in this field, though, and that I think it's going to be interesting, I think, to see how... LinkedIn audio rooms is different, but then how people actually want to engage with it. I find some people really like them and then others are like, uh, I don't really want to be that participatory or some people prefer video. So it really just depends, I think, your audience. Like if yeah. your audience is audio, then it's like, of course you should be doing these types of events. And some people feel so much more comfortable because there is not video involved. They can, they can kind of be out and about and pop in, pop out, you know? So I think that's it's, it's an exciting feature. So I'm yeah. excited to see well, how I'm excited out. about it with the LinkedIn. And, and I have been on Clubhouse a couple of times, but I just really didn't resonate. The reason being, and this is why I love the LinkedIn, is that you've already, you are already building connections on LinkedIn. And if you are strategic in the way you're leveraging it, and it doesn't just, you know, another thing to do, I think it would give you an incredible opportunity to be able to further the relationships that you're already building on that platform. Whereas Clubhouse is extremely to any other platformer, isn't it? So it, it makes sense to look at, well, how can I leverage that? Uh, just out of interest, how do you know when you've got access to it? Do you get an email from them or something shows up on your profile? Yeah, you will need to check. So what I do is I check to see my events. So pretend like you're setting up an event and once you have it, you'll see it right there. It'll ask you if you want to do an audio event. So that's where you will see it. There you go. There you go. Well, I tell you what, if I ever get it, I'll get you back and we'll do an audio room together. That will be fun. <laughs> and that's the thing, isn't it? And here's one thing we'll finish and then I'll get you give you an opportunity, Mindy, to share how people can connect with you. Please connect with her on LinkedIn. That that is a, a first. But um you know, we always think as as business owners, we need to have things perfect. We need to have everything. We're not saying that at all. I mean, obviously, the things that you've said today, yes, we need to know our content. We need to be professional and so forth. But don't let perfectionism, if that's the right word, perfectionism, stop you from getting out there and doing that. If I think back to the first LinkedIn Live that I did, it was nowhere near what we're doing today. And 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 I think you've got to get to that stage where you allow that personality of who you are just like shine through, isn't it? So we don't have to put on a mask. You don't have to, to be someone that you are not. You just have to be the best version of you. Yes? I think that is spot on. And so many of us, like I'm one of those types, I'm like, I want it to be perfect before I do anything. And you can't, it's like, it's never going to be perfect. There's always going to be something that you're going to tweak, but I think showing up authentically, and I know that word is so overused, um, but really just being yourself. I think being, I like to say, be your best professional self on LinkedIn. And as long as you're doing that, you're doing fine. And just act like a good human, do good business, and it will work well for you. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I did an article years ago because of that word authenticity. And it's like marketers, you know, marketers can often be their worst enemy because they overuse something. And so they talk about authenticity when they're doing absolutely the opposite. So much so, and authenticity as a personal brand strategist is so important. So I've created a principle which says authenticity is not a buzzword. It's 
paramount. And if people don't understand that, they obviously are misunderstanding what the word authenticity is all about. So I'll just leave that there. But Mindy, if people have listened or watched or they've caught up with the recording, they think, hmm, I think my LinkedIn profile and my headline and all of that needs a little bit of work. How's the best way they can connect with you? Definitely just reach out on LinkedIn. I love my DMs. So just like send me a connection invitation um, and tell me, you know, you, you heard me here and you want to chat about your profile and let's hop into the DMs. That's my favorite way to engage one-to-one. Yeah, fantastic. Well, look, thanks once again for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It's been fun. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry? while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.